when hope came down. Are you a person of hope this morning? I said, are you a person of hope this morning? We are people of hope. We are people of joy. We are people of life. Hallelujah. I have a couple of things I wanted to share with you this morning on this weekend after Thanksgiving. First, care team. We need help on our care team. That is the care that is actually happening in this church for people in our church. Uh, we do a lot of things outside of this church, but this is uh, for you. So when you have a loss, when you have uh, something going on that you're struggling with or you need help moving or, or those types of things, we can't do it all, but we want to do what we can. Um, the problem we're having is there's only a few people that are actually doing those things. And as a church body, we really need to step up. Uh, we all need to step up. And so if you want to be a part of that care team, uh, we've had it happen where uh, someone needed a meal and we weren't able to provide a meal because everyone was too busy to provide a meal. And, um, and then that same person that always does it comes in and does the meal. I don't think we want that person to always have to do the meal. You know what happens to that person? They end up leaving the church because they get exhausted and burnt out. So let's help in that. The way you can help is to, uh, you can either email info at lifespringfs.com or you can talk to Jeremy or you can talk to me. The head of our care team is Cindy Ferris. How many of you know Cindy Ferris? An amazing lady, very polite, very kind. But what I'm thinking is if we can get, we have almost what, almost 200 people probably coming uh, on Sunday mornings. If we get 100 people to sign up for the care team, I mean, think of all the casseroles and the baked tuna and all those things that we could uh, put together for people. Um, so I, I just, again, I think we've all been blessed by that ministry. Um, we've just had it happen where it's kind of shrunk to a few people. Speaking of uh, things such as care, um, you guys have stepped up to the nth degree in uh, reaching out to families this year. We were able to provide 17 complete meals, Thanksgiving meals, including turkey and all the dressings to, to some families that needed meals. So <laughs> praise the Lord. It's really, really amazing. Also, we've already had to do a uh, delivery of the coats. You filled up the coat barrel, overflowing with coats. So the first delivery has gone out with coats. You also, this is amazing, we beat the record of last year. This year we did 85 Operation Christmas Child boxes. 85. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so excited about that. I want you to know that on this tree here, this is the giving tree, we actually will have some tags uh, that Jason's going to go ahead and put on there right now and decorate the tree. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, but this is for the community center. We partner with the community center in Edgewood for a lot of the things that we do. And this year, last year we did 10 tags. So these are gifts that you'd give uh, to, to the children at the community center. This year we upped our game, raised the ante, so to speak, um, from my gambling addiction days. Uh, way to go, Bursch. That was cool. But um, uh, this year, <laughs> instead of 10 tags, we're going to do 20 tags. So uh, 20 tags to uh, be able to help kids um, have a Christmas with uh, some presents. So uh, go ahead and grab that after service is over. Also, I have journals from my time in Ghana. Um, you know, read with caution, you know, because it's, you know, I was in Ghana. So, um, but for the most part, it's pretty tame. Um, did some editing, you know, to keep out some of it. No, just kidding. I didn't do any editing. But um, yeah, it was a good trip, and uh, we saw God do a lot of amazing things. And, and, it's, and it's interesting. I forgot a lot of the things that I wrote down in there. 
Um, and uh, it was just really powerful for me to read it again. I was sick the whole time I was in Ghana. I've still been sick. By the way, today was the first time I've been able to sing in like two months. I was so excited. I almost cried during one of the songs. So praise the Lord. Thank you for your prayers on my health. But um, I was sick almost the whole time, but a couple times in the entries I say, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do this today, but by God's strength, he gave me exactly what I needed. And hallelujah, how many times has God done that for all of us, given us exactly what we needed? Well, today we're starting our Christmas series, and it is the miracle of Christmas. But uh, before I jump into that, how many of you have realized how important timing is in life? Timing, right? The, the idea of timing. So you, the, the idea, uh, Kent Ross would know this, you don't plant your tomato plants in January, right? You wouldn't paint your house, or at least the outside of your house, in February. You wouldn't dive into Ray and Marcy's pool in February. I mean, you could try, but it's an outdoor pool. You would be freezing. Um, timing matters. I think also this is what, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, hopefully we would all understand this is not the time to start a diet, right? <laughs> That's what New Year's Day is for. So think about the importance of timing in sports. How many love the Seahawks in this room? I, I see the jerseys. I, I know you are fanatics. Um, if we can bring some of that craziness into the room uh, on Sunday mornings, that would be awesome. My dad always said, go ahead and cheer for the Seahawks, but you better be cheering for, dad, or for your father in heaven a little bit louder. So I love my Seahawks, so that's why I'm so loud, because i, I got to compete with the Seahawks. But you know timing is really important with Russell Wilson. When he's throwing that ball to Doug Baldwin, timing in football is extremely important. If the timing's off at all, you know the ball's going to either go before him or after him. Timing is important. Think about the timing in our daily lives. If you've ever missed a flight, right, you know the importance of timing and the brutal importance of timing. Or maybe this has happened, and I think most of us have had this happen, where you're at work, and you can't leave work, and you're just so frustrated. you got to get out of work. Yeah, why can't I leave my office? And, and you're frustrated, but then, because of this delay, you realize that you barely missed that, that huge accident on Interstate 5. I can't tell you how many times I've had that happen, where I was frustrated with the timing, and then later I looked back and said, wow, thank you, God, for your timing. So timing matters. It's important. Today in our Christmas series, I want you to know the next four weeks, the theme is very simple. It's not profound. We didn't come up with it even. It's just the idea of Christmas, that Christmas is a miracle, the miracle of Christmas. Do you believe that Christmas is a miracle? I'm not talking about the thing that we've made Christmas to be. I'm talking about Christmas, the birth of Christ. It is a miracle. And we've made Christmas to be some things in our culture, and we have a culture just like other countries have a culture, and we all celebrate Christmas in different ways. I think in America, we've done some good things with Christmas. We've probably done some not-so-good things with Christmas. But the cool thing about us is we're a church, and so as a church, we get to refocus on what Christmas is truly about, which is the miracle. Church, we need to know this is a miracle, the miracle of God's Son, Jesus Christ, being born on a manger on Christmas Day. Amen? Amen. I want to encourage you, bring your friends, bring your family. Uh, hopefully this will be an encouraging time. We want this to be a time of joy, of life, and love. And we're going to spend moments reflecting on this miracle. Today, we're specifically looking, and I'm really excited about today, we're looking at the miracle of the moment. The miracle of the moment. And it's the, uh, this idea that timing... Timing, to the second, timing matters. And we're going to discover that God, the creator of heaven and earth, is actually really good at timing. In fact, you could say that God has perfect timing. 
And today we're going to see his perfect timing on display in this birth of God the Son, Jesus Christ, born in a manger. But before we go any further, let's go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, I, I love you. I love you. We want to just thank you for who you are. We sing just as I am, that just as we were, uh, dead in our sins, guilty in our sins, you came down and you saved us. You rescued us. You've forgiven us and you've set us free. I am so in love with you, Jesus. You have given me everything and I owe everything to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, in the Birch family, we kind of get into Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving, you know, after Thanksgiving's over, we try to do the decorations. This year, we've held off on the tree. We're waiting until Trevin gets back home to put up the tree. But we, we kind of get into it, get, in, get into it, and even some of the stuff that makes my Christian friends squirm. You know, we like the holiday food, we like the holiday music, and we like the holiday movies. I even watched, yes, someone in the back said yay, and amen to you in the nursery. Um, <laughs> How many of you watch that Hallmark channel, right? It, it gets addicting during the holidays. And how many new movies have they come out with? It's just unbelievable. But one of my favorites is Miracle on 34th Street. And I like the old one. I like the new one. They both have their pluses and their minuses. But just this last week, uh, my, my middle child, my 7-year-old, Ava, she and I watched Miracle on 34th Street uh, I did shed a few tears. Uh, real men cry. Let's just be honest about that. But uh, it had some touching moments in it. But whether you've seen the black and white one or the one from the 90s, you, you know the premise of the story, right? There's this man. He, his name is Chris Kringle. And he thinks he's Santa Claus. And he spends most of the time and most of the movie trying to convince everyone else that he's Santa Claus. And we're actually going to use this movie as the backdrop for our series this year. And so I, I want to begin by watching a clip where Chris is... He's actually trying to show a department store Santa how to crack the whip. He, he, the guy's just not doing it right, so he comes in and shows him how to crack the whip. So let's watch this together.
So was it chance or coincidence that Chris Kringle was there at the parade that day? I don't believe it was. I would say it was the miracle of the moment. At just the right time, he shows up at the parade. And if you watch the movie, you know he rescues not only the parade, he also saves the lady, Mrs. Walker, her job, or Ms. Walker, her job, and saves the jobs of countless others, probably saves the department store. It's the miracle of the moment. And for us this morning, we have such a more profound and meaningful story to tell. The story of Jesus who came, not because of coincidence, not on accident, but he showed up on the scene by God's plan on purpose and he rescued much more than just the department store's Thanksgiving Day parade. He saved the world. He came at just the right moment. This is the way the book of Galatians says it. Chapter 4, verse 4. It says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Did you hear that? It says, God, when the time had come, at just the right time, at just the right moment, God, in his perfect timing, when the set time had come, God sent his son. We need to understand that at just the right time in history, Jesus was born. We need to understand that his coming, it's not random, it's not chance, it's not coincidence. Jesus coming to earth was part of God's intentional divine plan. It was established before the foundation of the world. In fact, Jesus came exactly when the Father had ordained him to come and exactly, by the way, when the world needed him most. Warren Worsby writes it this way. Historians tell us, that the Roman world was in great expectation, waiting for a deliverer at the time that Jesus was born. The old religions were dying, old philosophies were empty, and they were powerless to change men's lives. Strange new mystery religions were invading the empire. Religious bankruptcy and spiritual hunger were everywhere. God was preparing the world for the arrival of his son. And when the world needed him most, he came. If you've read Luke chapter 2, you know he was born to Mary. It was her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes, laid him in a manger. He came. But let's be honest, in that moment, that divine moment, one of the defining moments of history, probably most people didn't even know what was going on, right? Besides maybe some shepherds and a few others, his birth seemed pretty insignificant to most who were living in Bethlehem that night. And yet now, 2,000 years later, as we read the Word, as we study Scripture, we can look back and we can see that moment was anything but insignificant. It was actually a moment that had been prophesied again and again for hundreds of years. It was a moment where the prophesied Messiah came to earth. The one who would bring deliverance and establish an everlasting kingdom of God's righteousness. If you've read the prophet, Isaiah, prophet Micah, he declares that he'd be born in Bethlehem. The prophet Isaiah said that he would be born of a virgin. Though people were unaware, a supernatural miracle had occurred. A fulfillment of prophecy upon prophecy at the exact moment in time. But today, for those of us who are gathered here on this Sunday after Thanksgiving, I, I want you to hear this. As much as he came 2,000 years ago, and he did, he really came. But just as he came at just the right time, we need to know that Jesus is still in the business of coming at just the right time. Amen. Just the right time. Just this week, we had some pretty heavy things happen this past week in the lives of those who attend Livestream. Many of you know that Dave uh, Ranow, his father, died on Wednesday and went to be with the Lord. 
And please be praying for that family. Be, please be praying for Diane and his wife. Please be praying for the kids. Be praying for the siblings. I know I, I got some texts. I got some emails this week of just stories. I, I hear some of the things you're going through. These are hard, painful things. And, and don't you know, with the holidays coming along, it, it just kind of breathes fire onto it, doesn't it? It makes it a little more painful, or a little more hurtful, or a little bit more lonely, or a little bit more depressing. But right now, if you're on, as even maybe this morning when you're debating whether you're going to come to church or not, you need, I need, the perfect timing of Jesus in our lives. And I believe that God would want to remind all of us today that Jesus still comes at the right time. Never too soon, never too late, right? He never has an incomplete pass, never misses the target. He has perfect timing. Perfect timing. In fact, for those of us who have walked with the Lord for a while, we can actually look back and see the timing of God in our lives. Right? Just remember all the times, all the time, numerous times that he came just at the right time. Again and again, perfect timing. I mean, think about that holy moment when, when he came into the room. Not only did he come into the room, he came into your heart. Remember that? When you asked him to be your Lord and be your Savior, it was the perfect timing of God's salvation. Or even now, look how God, by his Holy Spirit, he continues to resource us. Have you noticed that? He gives us exactly what we need at the exact moment that we need it. When we're weak, he gives us strength. He gives us encouragement and comfort when we're discouraged and depressed. He often gives us perfectly timed ways out of temptation. Hallelujah. And he comes in, and often, if we're, we're honest, it kind of feels like he comes in at the last minute or even the last second or even the last millisecond. But how many times when we're at the end of our rope, when we don't know where to turn, we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do, we come to the Lord, and we see him come in at the right time and carry these burdens that are just too heavy for us to bear at just the right time. I've also noticed that he comes in uh, a very different ways. Uh, he comes through different people, through di different circumstances. Sometimes he comes through a child. Sometimes he comes through a friend. Sometimes he comes through maybe a song on the radio, maybe a testimony at church. Sometimes you, you see him uh, show himself through the uh, card that you got in the mail. You ever have that happen? Where like, wow, thank you, God, for coming. Maybe you've seen it in a hug in a hallway that you received unexpectedly. Maybe it was a scripture that you saw on the wall. Sometimes you experience Jesus and his perfect timing in a complete stranger. Have you ever had that happen? You were wondering if you were entertaining angels. Just when we need him the most, he's there. But he doesn't always come how we want him to come. He doesn't always do what we want him to do. But when he comes, and not according to our ways, not according to our timing, but according to his ways and his timing, he comes. And, and he comes in compassion. He comes in comfort. He comes as that good shepherd who cares for his sheep. He comes as the one, as the Bible tells us, knows the number of hairs on your head. He comes as the one who declares that you are more valuable than many sparrows. He comes as the one who says, you know, I have left to prepare a place for you. And he comes, sometimes we struggle, this, struggle to believe that this is true, but we know that he comes as the one who causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. And I just want to remind all of us today that he still comes. The angels, remember the declaration, they, they said that he would bring great joy to all the people. I want you to know he still comes to bring great joy to all the people. 
If you're a Christian here this morning, sometimes it's easy to just kind of look at all the things going wrong, and, and it can get to us, and it can try to take us down. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, that is not out there somewhere, the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you, remember who you are. That who you are. Remember that you're a Christian. By the Holy Spirit, let him remind you that you are a follower of Jesus. And remember, as someone who follows Jesus, you are actually transforming day by day, moment by moment, minute by minute, to become more like Jesus. And because of this reality, because Christ is actually being formed in you, you, my friend, are a person of hope, a person of life, and a person of joy. Because Jesus, Christ in you, is a person of hope, is a person of life, and is a person of joy. But it's hard. As Jeremy said, it can be hard. The Christian life can be tough at times. Have you noticed that it requires faith? It requires faith. It requires a lot of faith. And let's be honest again, faith is not always easy. If faith was easy, by the way, as my dad always tells me, everybody would have faith. But as a Christian, we are the ones who exercise our faith. We actually stand and we believe and we trust in God. We trust. We follow a good God who is perfect in his timing, who is perfect in all of his ways. And so we believe, we stand, and we walk by faith. And I'd also add this, that we are the ones who keep our eyes open, our ears open to God's perfect timing, to that miracle of the moment. I was talking to Sandy Gascoigne earlier uh, last night, and she was telling me about the miracle of the moment when just at the right time the Lord used her to speak encouragement and love and even salvation into the lives of people that she'd encounter. So we need to be open to that kind of timing. For those of you in this room who maybe have never put your faith in Jesus, for those of you who have never put that trust or belief in him, I want to share a very powerful verse with you, and I hope you're willing to receive it. I also want you to know without Jesus in your life, the Bible tells you you're guilty in your sin. Because of your sin, you're separated from a holy God. Even if you only sinned once in your entire life, because of God's perfection, he cannot have sin in his presence. And so you cannot be in a relationship with him. But this holy God, this perfectly holy God, is also perfectly loving. And he loves you. He adores you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to save you. And when Jesus came to this earth, the Bible says he lived a perfect life, and then he died. And when he died, he died for your sins. The Bible says the righteous, Jesus, died for the unrighteous, for you and for me. And the beautiful thing about his death, if we accept his death as a sacrifice for our sin, it actually becomes a payment for our sins. The Bible says, it's amazing, but it's true. The Bible says we can actually be forgiven of all our sins where our sin is no longer counted against us but because of God's righteousness when we put our faith in Jesus listen to this when we put our faith in Jesus because of Jesus's uh, righteousness because of Jesus's perfection we are now perfect and righteous because Jesus resides within us that's what happens when we accept him as Lord and Savior what Jesus did for us it's truly amazing. The reason we're singing, again, if you're not a Christian here, the reason we're singing so loud to God is because we are grateful and thankful for what Jesus did for us on the cross. See, the reality is we were lost in our sin, every one of us, without hope. And yet at the perfect 
time, at the perfect time, at the right time. Jesus came in and he rescued us all according to God's will. Listen to how the Apostle Paul writes it. He writes this in the book of Romans. I love this. He says, for while we, all of us, were still helpless at the appointed moment, Christ died for the ungodly. Hallelujah. When we were helpless, meaning we had no other options, there was no other way, completely helpless. In that moment of need, humanity received a miracle from God. What he had promised through the prophets, it came true at just the right time and he provided what we needed at just the right time when we were utterly helpless and hopeless. Christ came, the Son of God came, and this morning you need to know he came for you. He came for you. And maybe you've been waiting for just the right time to commit to following him, maybe the right season for obeying his commands. But I want you to know the word is clear. It says, behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the right time to make that commitment to Christ. Jesus also says, this is the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 1. He says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Now is the time to make that commitment to Christ to receive God's gift of salvation. The Bible tells us that as you come close to him, the promise is he comes close to you. Now is the time to come close to the Lord. Timing matters. Timing matters. One moment in time, it can actually affect your eternal destiny. And I believe, confidently, I believe this morning that right now is such a moment. You don't have to live your life separated from God. Again, Jesus paid it all on the cross. His death is big enough. It's powerful enough to cover every sin you have ever done or will ever do. His sacrifice can forgive them all. Today is the right time to receive this gift of salvation through Jesus. If you've never made this commitment to Jesus, if you've never confessed him as Lord and Savior, I want to invite you right now to, to make that commitment today. I mean, just think about it. What a, what a wonderful way to start this holiday season. What a wonderful way to, to enter in this new season of Christmas and even the new year. Choose Jesus, and it will change the trajectory of your life. Choose Jesus. I'm telling you, you are choosing. When you choose Jesus, you're choosing an abundant, joy-filled, eternal life that will go on forever with the Lord. That is a miracle, but it's a miracle that's available right now for every person in this room. So I want to pray. I want to pray, and if we could all pray together, I, I want to pray uh, specifically to the Lord. And if you want to make that commitment of your life to Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then just repeat, repeat this prayer as I pray. You, you'd be speaking these things not to me. You're speaking these things to the Lord. And in fact, if the church, if we could all just repeat after me to kind of let the people that are making this commitment for the first time know that they're not alone in this and, and that uh, we have a body of Christ, a, a body of believers who are here to support them. So please, uh, repeat after me. Dear God, I don't want to live without you. I want to live forever. Forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus is your son. He left heaven and came to earth to die on the cross for my sins. Church, say this with me. I believe he rose from the dead and he's alive today. And he came at just the right time for me. Today I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Father, forgive my sin.
Cleanse me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Choose in this moment to receive the greatest gift ever given. The gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time this morning, and if you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we have a starter kit with a Bible in there and some other tools and resources in there. We'd love for you to grab one there at the table in the lobby. I'd also love to talk to you as well and, and just celebrate with you. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. You don't just kind of add Jesus to your life. What happens is the old is gone, the new has come. You begin to walk in newness of life. You are a new creation. I'd love to celebrate with you. Well, one of these amazing moments, these uh, miracles of the moment has happened with Emily going to Niger. And um, she began to tell me story after story this week. And as she told me these stories, honestly, church, I was floored. But I was also so encouraged that my God is a big God. And he's still in the business of doing amazing, amazing supernatural things. And so I, I wanted to give Emily some time just to share about this miracle of the moment that Jesus still shows up at just the right time. So would you please welcome all the way back from Niger, Emily Faber. Dan, if you could stay up here. I, I have something um, that I brought back from Niger. Uh, I, I cannot express the thankfulness. And I brought tissue up here because I knew that I was going to do this. Um, God is so big, and he's so loving, and I cannot express the gratefulness that I have for you guys to, to have sent me on this trip, and um, so for my gratitude, I brought, I brought this, um, I believe it's sheepskin, it could very well be goat, um, we, we ate a lot of goat, <laughs> yum, um, so it's, it's of a, uh, of Africa. It's in French. Um, and I think that that's my alarm going off. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, and so um, I just want to present this to you guys. Thank you so much for sending me um, just as a, a little token of my gratitude um, of uh, sending me. Thank, Thank you. So um, I'll be honest, I really haven't talked about it since I got back on Tuesday or Monday and uh, I talked with Pastor Dan on Tuesday. So I'm still in the process of processing everything that I saw. And um, God is just so big in his timing that it just wasn't for the people that we saw, but it was for the actual church of Niger. Um, Niger is uh, the third poorest country in the world. And if I could have the, the picture up there. Um, you can see where it's at in, in regards to Nigeria, uh, at Chad, Libya, and all of that kind of stuff. These are all closed countries to most Christians. Um, they no longer will allow missionaries to come into most of these countries. And, and as I was in, in Niger, I just was praying, and I do believe that the Lord is going to open up avenues through that country to get to um, these unreached countries that are now closed that, that we can no longer really go into. Um, a big part of, of uh, it, you can see that it sort of looks like a fish. 
the, the tail of the fish is actually the cooler part of the country. Um, and then uh, the top half is a part of the Sahara Desert. So it was hot. Um, and this is their cold season. Um, so if you see me wrapped up in a blanket, <laughs> that's why. Um, it was 100 plus uh, every day on average. And this is their cooler season. So um, we went there for the purpose of, of sharing the gospel and, and um, sharing the love of, of Christ as well as uh, bringing medicine to, to people who have, uh, who it's expensive. Um, I believe that the statistics are that there's uh, 1,500 people for one doctor. Um, it costs about 50 bucks for U.S. in order just to go to the hospital and to be seen, and that is almost a year's wage for them. Um, and so it's expensive. So we, we, we got to go in with our, our medicine and got to say, hey, look, our medicine can only go so far. I have something more for you. And so if you can go to the uh, team picture. This is our, oh, well, yeah, this is our team before we left. Didn't know these people before I left, really. We only had three, three uh, team meetings. Um, and then, so this is totally oblivious to what God is going to do. Um, go ahead and go to the next picture. Um, this is out in the village. This is uh, about two hours away from Niami. Niami is the, the capital. Uh, I, I tried to ask what direction. They were very unclear on what direction we went, whether or not it was southwest. Uh, they were like, I don't know. We just took this road, to, you know, two hours. Um, so we, this, is, this is the first half day. We got there. We set up. And you can, I don't know if you can see the gentleman in the back door. He's holding out 100-plus people and just slowly letting them in. They already knew that we were here and, and ready to go. And this is the first day um, of just getting going. Uh, we were here for a week. Um, I got to sit in registration and, and bring in all these people. Uh, man, I can tell you, and, and my heart sunk because I, you know, I know enough about the human body just saying, man, I'm sorry, I don't know what our ibuprofen could do for you. You know, um, uh, malnutrition, uh, we saw lots of worms, we saw lots of, um, um, uh, lots of bloating, lots of fever, uh, you know, just like, uh, just as they're, as they're just listing off their, their complaints, I'm just like, God, what are you going to do here? What can we do? I knew what we had brought. And all that we can do, and, and, and as the week went on, and you can go to the next slide, I think that it's in the same um, they were all looking in the window, and we couldn't, we couldn't touch about 200 people. We saw um, about 500 in a week, um, about 100 per day. And um, all, all I could do was say, God, you know, I know these ailments. And the Lord reminded me of, of the widow who brought her mite to the Lord and said, this is all I got. And the Lord said, all right, I'll use it. We saw so many healings. I didn't get to see them. I was like, Lord, I want to see one, you know. Sorry. Um, and, but, but, you know, the blind saw, got, got to be able to see. I saw people walk in totally white eyes, cataracts, could not see. And they walked out the door without anybody helping them. We saw people, we saw people come in. And, and um, were carried in and could walk out by themselves. 
And this was this week, and I'm like, Lord, I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing all these ailments and all that kind of stuff. Lord, God, you are big. But I want to see one. I was a little selfish. And so th- this week, um, and, and I'll get more into it, but it, it's just not about the physical healings for Niger. It's actually about the church and growing the church. Because we were not just going to, to touch the people, but God to touch the people and to grow the church and expand his tent pegs. And so um, we saw the Fulani tribe. Uh, the Fulani tribe is a tribe that is uh, nomadic. They are very much into, it's, it's a weird mix of um, Muslim as well as witchcraft. Uh, they are very closed. Um, but uh, the last day a little girl came in and, and God healed her. I don't remember from what. I would have to ask because I wasn't there. I heard the story afterwards. But um, her, her dad or her uncle was standing there as Pastor Scott presented the gospel. And this little Fulani girl accepted Christ. And this, this chief, this guy who was head of his household and head of his clan, saw the miracle of God. Talk about timing. Who knows what God is going to do? All that we were there to do was to plant seeds and to ma- let God do his thing. And we just had to get out of the way. So this week was done. This week was amazing. Um, the tribes there are very divided. They do not get together. We saw at least 10 tribes, 10 different tribes, and they were with each other all the time. And so um, they actually sat together. They ate together. So, I mean, phenomenal things. This was not just about a medical trip. It was about a lot of healing for uh, the nation of Niger and just teaching and how to, <laughs> how to live together. Um, if you can go to the next picture. Um, this is uh, Roseanne. She's a, a nurse, nurse practitioner, and she's, she's looking in one of the little boy's um, ears, a lot, a lot of malnutrition, um, and all we could do was pray. Um, so that's, that's them at work. And then people would stand there and watch us. And you can see just people waiting for us to get started. Um, again, this is just a handful of the people that are actually on the outside of the building. So, um, and this is still at the village. Okay, next slide. Okay, so this is, and it didn't turn out very good. It, it's better on my computer, but um, this is Pastor Omar. Um, Pastor Omar and his wife, um, and, uh, or excuse me, Sarah, Anne is his, uh, her sister. Um, they are uh, now the head four square um, head of the church of Niger. And um, we, we had the honor of releasing them. The pastor before him, um, who, who was a, a, high, a, he, he was a, um, a tribal leader, uh, he, um, he passed away. And the church basically divided. And so they had been in, um, the timing of this is just amazing, looking back and just in, in awe. Um, the timing of it is that, that we came in and basically united the church again. It wasn't us, it was God. Let, let, let me just be honest about that. We were able to release him. And I cannot tell you how many people started coming to his church on Sunday. Um, today actually, or actually nine, nine hours ahead of us. So, so they're in the afternoon right now. 
Um, but it just, uh, man, I am so excited to see how big this church is going to go and how many people are going to come. But ultimately, this church was broken for the past six months. Nobody, they, they were fighting over the land. They were fighting over the building. Um, and we were actually able to pray for them and release them with the blessing of Foursquare to be able to be the head of Foursquare and to be able to start sending and teaching people um, to the villages where churches are and to rise up. I mean, I, I don't know how many churches started while we were there and praying in, in, um, in Naomi at the airport church. So the, that, the timing of this was amazing because the church was basically dying. And, and if you got to understand the culture is that it is 98% Muslim. And Muslim means basically like Christian in the States. Most of them don't practice. They just do it so that they can get educated and that they can, can um, you know, get, have jobs and, and get promotions and stuff like this. The thing that, that you got to understand when people make their decision for Christ <laughs> is that they make their decision for Christ knowing that they will be excommunicated from their families, knowing that they will never make below what they were making in poverty level, that they will get passed over for promotions because they are now outspoken for Christ. This is what they're, they're dealing with. And I, I, I tell you, we saw hundreds of people coming to Christ with that knowledge, saying, I need that hope that Jesus has. I want to be friends with God. I want to know God. And to be able to release this, this manly woman, uh, this um, godly man and woman of God, to be able to, to just foster that and to grow that and to open up a community where, where um he was Muslim, and he got kicked out of his family, and he went to the guy who, say, you know, who, who introduced him to Christ, and that became his family. He still does not talk to his family. And so that's the atmosphere that these Christians are being birthed in. And so the timing of this to be able to release this man who has this vision, who has this understanding, amazing. Uh, we got to witness the birth of the church of Niger, which is pretty cool. So um, th this was on Sunday. This was in the middle of the week before we started the second one. Um, this is at, uh, at the church where we prayed them out. And, and again, we saw over 500 people in this week. Um, uh, the, the, the symptoms were different. I wasn't in registration. I was actually in what, what's called counseling where we um, uh, shared the gospel and got to pray for people. And this is where I got to to experience some of what God, how big God is and how little I am. And all I have to do is step away. That's it. This one lady came in. She must have been, she said that she was 80. The average age is actually 65. So she must have been 65. They don't count. They don't read. They don't do anything like that. Totally uh, in her left eye, could not see a thing. No, no reaction to any threat or anything like that had to be helped up the stairs. Um, I, I felt immediately that I was supposed to pray for her before even presenting the gospel. And I prayed for her. And then all of a sudden, her focus, instead of being on her right eye, she centered. And, and she still had fog in her left eye. It, just was, it, was, it was interesting to watch that slowly fade away. 
And, and I just was amazed by the time she got to pharmacy and got her, her vitamins and ibuprofen and whatever other things the doctors had, had prescribed, um, she could walk by herself. She could see on her left eye. I, I just am like, God, the timing of this. Um, we had another young lad who came in, um, a, a young guy who had to have been 12, and he was suffering with epilepsy. And his, his fits, as they called it, happened once a week. And they were pretty big. Apparently, they, they were grandma, so they were one of the bigger ones. And um, they were in the, the counseling next to us, and, and the interpreter noticed the necklace around his neck. And he said, you have to take those off before you even consider uh, healing or, or being with Jesus. So they, they were witchcraft um, um, necklaces, so they had gone all over, and his fits were still happening. Um, and I guess it was starting to get close to the time that he, it was pretty regular, um, didn't quite fully understand it, but, um, he came back the next day without the, the necklace, apparently they had taken it off and, um, slept throughout the night without a seizure. And then they, they, they prayed over him again. And then they came back on Friday and he had gone several days, three days, two days without a seizure. And they, they're like, who is this God? They brought his dad along as well, which means the whole household will probably be saved. How amazing is that? Um, so, I mean, just one thing after the other. And again, I just cannot tell you the timing. It's God's timing. It's not mine. I had to step away and just say, God, you do your thing. I can't do it. Cannot do it. Then, um, if you, I think it's the next slide. Uh, no, okay, this was, this was the cool part, is that we had at least 100 people on one side and another 100 on the other while uh, we put on the armor of God every morning. And uh, Pastor uh, Scott uh, preached, basically preached every morning to 200 people and, and our interpreters, because we did have some Muslim interpreters who were pretty grounded in Muslim, um, being Muslim, and uh, a couple of them converted while we were there. But um, basically, he, he just preached the gospel, and we heard of healings starting to happen outside the building. How crazy is that? It just was awesome of like, well, we don't need to be here anymore. And it just was like, this is, this is your thing, and, and just like, all right, God, here you go. Um, and if you go to the next, next slide, I think it is this little boy, they believe he had cerebral palsy from birth, was unable to talk, unable to walk, unable to grab anything to eat and feed himself or anything like that, had no grasp. We prayed for him. 15 minutes later, he was able to grab a turkey bone and eat it by himself. Within the next 20 minutes, he was up and walking. <laughs> Like, like, like a toddler, still had to be, be stabilized, um, was never vocal, and he was able to be vocal and squeal at the sight of his picture. And so just within a matter of, of a half an hour, the power of God and how much we limit him a lot of times in our expectations and so, man, my prayer for you and his timing is that, that um, <laughs> don't put him in a box. 
don't expect, expect God to be God. But his timing is his timing, and I can't explain it. I cannot explain why he does certain things and what he doesn't, only to say that it is for his glory, not for ours. Because this, this would have been easy for Pastor Ormore to say, this was me. But he just was like, no, this, this isn't me. This is God. This is God. And um, just his timing, I, I can't explain it. It's the mystery of God. God, we, we as Americans try to figure out God so much. And this trip for me was to basically say, knock it off. Stop trying to figure him out. Stop trying to manipulate him to do the things that we want him to do in our timing. Because ultimately, our timing isn't going to work. Because ultimately, God is selfless, and we are selfish. And our timing is all about us, and not about the community, not about his people. And so for this kind of stuff to happen, we've got we to step back and say, dude, do your thing. Because it's not about me. It's not about how much money I can make. It's not about how much I can do in the church. It's not how much, how, how, how people look at me. It's about how people look at God. And so um, if I could have the worship team come up. And Dan, if you hadn't, hadn't offered um, um, people coming to Christ, I was going to do it. <laughs> I got so tick of, uh, sick of the creation story, but God just brought me back to man, how big he is and how much he loves the things that he created. And he created us special. We're different from everything else. And he desires a friendship with you. And I'm going to talk to those people who are in, in the church who are, who are feeling tired. Let me tell you something. God loves you. God wants you to come to him with everything. God designed you perfect. You might see the flaws. You might see the sin. You might see the things that people did to you and all the scars. But God sees that and says, that's mine. That is beautiful. I created that. Let me show you off. And don't ever forget that. Jesus, thank you so much for your timing. God, thank you so much that you loved us. That it is beyond our comprehension. Jesus, as we go into this Christmas season that can be so painful and so heartbreaking and so devastating in so many different ways, Jesus, I just, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will just come in and be our comfort, that you will just renew our value in you. God, I just pray that young men will dream dreams. I just pray that, 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 that the, the older people will just be able to leap and jump for joy and be able to prophesy. God, we just pray for those things that, that happen in third world countries that only seem to happen there to happen here. Father, I just pray for a people that will fall in love with you. And it's all about you, not about the stuff you can do for us, but that it's about our relationship with you.
that we just be able to sit at your feet, just be able to bring the widow's might. All that we are, all that we have to offer, everything not fixed, and set it before you and see what you can do with no expectations of your timing. God, and I just pray that you will just use us in your timing as well, that we will be able to become available to be able to step out, quicken our hearts to hear where you have asked us to go and who to speak to and who to hug and who to talk to or call or text or whatever. Even do, let us do the hard things for you, Lord, because it's for your glory and not ours. God, let us die to ourselves so that we may bring you all the glory.